0: So good uh, evening, welcome to In God We Trust. Hopefully that's the one that you thought you were coming to. Um, I'm Nancy Simmons. I um, have been here at Northridge for about 15 years, and about a year ago I was fortunate enough to join the staff, and so I have a few roles, one of them being a community group coach, um, counseling, uh, kids ministry in Webster, uh, women's equipped classes, and I think that's it. That's it. So um, I am here with Something my do here. esteemed colleague and one of those bosses that I have,
1: yeah. Mike Weston. So I'm Mike. Uh, I'm in charge of kids' ministry over all the campuses. I also do social media. Uh, we jokingly call it the Vibe Team, so the merch line, things like that. I take care of that. And then I also do whatever Nancy says. So that's why I'm here today. So,
0: so I just call Michelle and say, Michelle, what should I tell Mike to do? <laughs> so what I'd like to do is start off by asking you a question. I'd like you to take just a minute to think about who is the person in this world, and it can't be God, who is the person in this world that you trust the most? You trust them implicitly. And what is one characteristic about them that makes them so trustworthy to you? And then if you've thought of somebody, I'd love to hear from two or three of you who that person is and what it is that makes them so trustworthy. Anybody want to share?
2: So mine is my husband. Um, um, I think it's because, among other things, because I know that
0: he genuinely cares about me. Mm. So he's got your back. He's got your best yes. interest. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Nice. How about another one?
1: Mine is going to be my wife. Uh, and that's uh, because she knows the good and the bad about me, and okay. still cares, mm-hmm. and still loves me. I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, 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 I hope. <laughs> I do. I do. <laughs> and that is just so
0: precious to have somebody who knows. I mean, it's one thing to know the good about you, but to know the bad about you and still love you and still be there with you. Um, what about what about you, Mike? Who do you trust most in this world
1: and why? I wrote down my dog Cooper. (laughs) (laughs) And why do you trust Cooper? I wrote down my dog because I can share everything with him and he doesn't tell a soul. (laughs) (laughs) So we have a good trusting relationship where I can share the dirt and he doesn't do anything about it. He can keep a secret. He can keep a secret. But really I wrote down my wife. Um again like the same thing my wife is accepting she knows the worst about me and thinks the best about me all at the same time so I appreciate my wife she does that so anything that I can't tell my wife I tell my dog all
0: right right, fair enough Um, well so as you heard earlier tonight the focus of tonight is really on you and your relationship with God it's about your pursuit of Christ and the reason we chose this topic of trusting God is because if you think about the person that you trust the most you know that you really have to, uh, in order to be able to have an intimate relationship with someone, you have to be able to trust them. And so if we really want to have an intimate relationship with Christ, we have to have, we have to trust him. So we wanted to talk a little bit about, you know, what causes us maybe not to trust? um, How can we increase our level of trust in him or the frequency with which we trust him? Um, Because at the end of the day, we've all, everybody in this room has trusted Christ with our eternity which is huge, like that's the biggest thing. And yet, I don't know about you, but there's like the little moments in life when I don't even, I might not trust him, I might not even think about him. And so how is it that we trust him with our eternity, but the things in between we kind of struggle with, and whether they're big things or small things. um, You know, if I think about that I, whenever I'm running late, which is frequently, I get stuck behind people who want to go the speed limit. And I just get frustrated. And I'm not thinking about what would it look like to trust God in this moment. Um, I, you know, I'm not even thinking about God at all necessarily in that moment. Sometimes I think to myself, okay, God's trying to teach me I need to be more organized or you know, I need to love people when they're following the speed limit or whatever. <laughs> um, but then there's the big moments in life. There's that really difficult diagnosis. There's that um, loved one who is on death's door and doesn't know Christ. And how do we trust him then and with everything in between um, and what um, what I think we want to propose tonight is that we think we're inconsistent primarily for two reasons. the first reason is that we forget about God in the moment. He doesn't even cross our mind and the second is that we want to control the outcome. sometimes we think I know what God says I should do here, but that outcome that I want is not what's going to happen. Like, I know I should not speed, but I'm going to be late and I'm going to be in trouble and I'm just going to, I'm not going to trust God with whatever happens. Um, So some of those, some of those can be um, tough moments. And what I think what we find is that when we are, I was talking to a number of women, some of you in the room about, you know, how do you know whether you're trusting God or not? And one of the things that came over and over was when I find myself feeling angry, frustrated, fearful, worrying, that's a flag to me that I'm probably not trusting God in that moment. So what we want to talk about tonight is how uh, we can identify really what the cause of our lack of trust is and how we can change that. When we look at Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, very familiar passage probably to all of us, We thought this was really a good one to land on, a very simple one to land on with this topic. So trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In other words, not thinking I know better, right? Um, In all your ways submit to him and he will make your paths straight. So Mike, being a Bible scholar, this word all, in all your ways submit to him, how, what, how did that come across in the original language? Like, how would it, how, What are some other ways that could have been interpreted?
1: Right. I've done a few Hebrew classes, and every single time the word all is mentioned, it means all. It means every <laughs> single thing that it could possibly be. So okay. without exception, all means all. So very complicated. Very complicated. Okay. Everyone can walk away with that. Okay. All means all. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. So the next question is really why trust God? So again, we can do all things that we need to put our trust in God. So why should we trust God? Again, we probably don't need to probably spend a lot of time on this question because I think everyone in this room has done it. Again, Nancy mentioned everyone has likely trusted God for their eternal salvation. Um, but I think too often when I was a kid, I remember hearing, um, man, if you don't trust God in the little things, you won't trust him with the big things. And I think that's twisted because I think it's easy to trust God with the big things because you don't have a choice other than trusting him with the big things. But I think trusting him with the small things everyday things is much harder. And so if I, had to ask, if I were to ask you, if we were to take a pop quiz, do you trust God? You would write down on your test, yes. And you, you know, not many people like, no, I don't trust God. You would write, yes. Um, but do you really trust God? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And so there's some things. Why do we trust God? There's some reasons. And so we're just going to take a couple minutes to run through a few of those. Uh, the first one is basically God never lies. God never lies.
0: Yep. So Titus 1-2 tells us, in the hope of eternal life, which God, who does not lie, promised before the beginning of time. And the reason we think this is one of the most important things to remember about God is that when you think about someone you trust, you want it to be someone who's always telling you the truth. So this is you know, a pretty straightforward one. It's not, it's not, again, it's not a complicated concept. Um, but to know that we can trust everything that he says is true is huge. I, we might have some people that we think we can, but maybe not always
1: right and if you think about that person you mentioned earlier trust is probably one of the main reasons you wrote that person down and so as with those pers- that person you wrote down or you thought about who you trust most God has those same qualities and much more so and definitely God never lying and God being trustworthy is indeed that uh, the next thing is that God is in control God is in control this uh, passage from Isaiah 14 the Lord Almighty has sworn surely as I have planned so it will be and as I have purposed so it will happen you know, as people probably one of our greatest natural tendencies is toward anxiety, where we make plans and we only hope it happens whereas God makes plans and he knows it will come to pass. So I think it's just amazing that we think of all the things that could go wrong and other things may happen that we don't even think comes into place, but God, we can trust him because he is in control and what he says will happen will happen. And so we don't have to act out of a lack of confidence and take things into our own hands and ruin our lives when taking our time and trusting God can allow things to go well because he's the one who's working all things to his glory and for our good.
0: Which leads into the next one, um, that God is working for our good. And, you know, Kim, that's one of the things that you mentioned is that, you know, you know that Doug always has your back and he's, he's interested in your good. But, um, you know, combined with what Mike just talked about, God is working for our good and has the ability to control that. Romans 8, 28 and 29 is my favorite go-to passage in life because it's the one that I can go to when life is not making sense. Because what we learn from this is that God is working for our good. So, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who've been called according to his purpose. That's all of us who are Christ followers. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of, him, of his son. So God's goal for us is to become like Jesus. And he's using every situation in our life To help us become more like Jesus, and that is what's best for us, more than getting out of the circumstance that I'm in or having a certain outcome. Um, So, no, you know, God has the ability to know what's best for us, and He has the ability to control it.
1: Yeah, and He has the ability to control it because God is all powerful. God is all powerful. Again, just the very first verse of the Bible in the beginning: God created the heavens and the earth. And there's nothing that's more powerful than somebody that's able to take and create something out of nothing. And God is the only person who's able to do that. Even now in our best efforts, we take something and turn it into something else or take an idea or concept that's from things that are created, but God took all things out of nothing and brought it into being. God is all-powerful.
0: So lastly, um, God never changes. uh, Psalm 102, but you remain the same and your years will never end. Um, I was thinking about, mentioned to Mike earlier, all of the... Psychological philosophies of child rearing that probably came about between me raising my kids and Mike raising his kids—it's constantly changing as a moving target. That was a long time. It's uh, a long time. There's been generations. Hey, recently. hey, hey, hey! hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> um, even, even with dogs, my husband—we've got a puppy, and now they tell him not to use a choke collar. My, you know, trainer said use a choke collar. So yeah. these philosophies of life change all the time. God never does. We never have to question, I wonder what God's latest thought is on marriage. Or, you know, I wonder what God's <laughs> latest thought is on whether I can tell a white lie or not. Or, he never changes. And so when you put all of these together, that God never lies, he's in complete control, he's working for your good, he's all-powerful, and he never changes. Not to tell you not to think that your loved one isn't well, awesome, but this list Of God trumps everything any human being could ever be to us and you know when I look at this list and think how could I not trust him I must be out of my mind like what's wrong with my thinking Um, it's he's it just trumps all of it so here's the question for us when we aren't trusting God who or what are we listening to because if I'm not trusting God I'm listening to somebody else's voice Uh, And this might get ugly for a couple minutes here, so don't throw anything at me. Um, So, you know, there's some questions that we'll ask when we're not trusting God. Why is he punishing me, is one that we might think about. What if he doesn't come through for me? Or he didn't come through for me on this thing? Or why is he taking so long? And when we start to doubt and question God, we um, (laughs) we are either listening to Satan who Peter tells us is prowling around like a lion waiting to devour us and that word prowl is like ready shall pounce so just you know <laughs> like a lion I'll, I'll leave it at that and he hasn't really changed his ways since the garden with Eve right He got Eve to doubt what God said, to doubt he he had her best interest in mind, and to make her think that God, he was holding out on her and was not looking out for her good. And those are the kind of thoughts that go through our mind. Does God really love me? What if he, you know, this thing is a good thing. Why isn't he giving it to me? But before we um, give Satan too much credit, whoops, we listen to Ourselves. (laughs) Um, Someone once famously said, and I can't recall who it was right now, that we need to preach to ourselves more than we listen to ourselves. And so when we are listening and trusting ourselves, you know, we go back to that uh, Proverbs passage, we're leaning on our own understanding. And when I'm leaning on my own understanding and I'm thinking that my way is better or I don't need God, I'm acting like Satan. I'm pleasing Satan I I heard a podcast a few weeks ago that that smacked me in the face like with that that was just so powerful to think I'm either pleasing God or I'm pleasing Satan and so when I'm listening to somebody other than God um, I'm listening to some pretty unreliable and ugly sources Um, so Mike is going to kind of give us a little bit of a drawing artistic rendering Uh, of what this maybe looks like
1: but real quick on that i I want to think when you're talking about trusting yourself i read just in the book yesterday by dan white jr he's a pastor in syracuse he just says we can't trust god when we force our version of god on him so Mm. if we try to create our version of god we'll be nothing but disappointed every single time so if we're trying to create god into who we want him to be Mm -hmm. there's no way we'll ever be able to trust him because he will never come through in the way that we expect him to so the more we try to put ourselves in control of the situation, the less we'll ever be able to trust God. Yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. Um, one thing that's true too, um, sometimes with theology and with ideas of trusting God, too often we tend to simplify when really what we should do is clarify. And so we're going to draw some on the board again. Sometimes we think of trusting God as either a yes or no. Just every single moment is yes or no trusting God, but that's probably not necessarily the most accurate way. When it's probably better to think of trusting God more on a continuum, instead of that test where it's like, okay, do I trust God? Yes. Or no, you know, that's not necessarily, this isn't the best way to think about it. Uh, But more likely, there's this continuum, this is both true of like every single decision that you make every day, and then your life as a whole. Because there's really three sections to this. First of all, there's kind of a section where it's, you, you don't even think about God at all. We'll just say it's not thinking where this is Nancy driving it to work in the morning, she's late for a kids ministry meeting, and she's texting like Weston and saying, hey, I'm gonna be late, and meanwhile, she's probably yelling at the cars in front of her, where she's <laughs> not even taking into account that she should be thinking of how do I trust God, that you know, my boss isn't gonna fire me, he's not gonna be mad at me, that things aren't gonna go wrong. You know, this is where we're just living our life without even thinking about God at all. And so then the next step, you kind of think, this is gonna be backwards. But then the next step is not trusting God. You're like, wait a second. Why is this true? Why is not trusting God ahead of him not thinking? Because when th- we're doing this, we're more like the fool in Proverbs who is living their life without regards to God. And here, if you're not trusting God, this is Nancy sitting in her car thinking, okay, I know I should do this, but I'm choosing not to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, she's still not obeying God, but yeah, okay, right. This is a step further. She's at least taking time to consider what does God want me to do in the scenario. So it's a step further than it is, you know, here. So it's not just yes or no, but, okay, like, it's a process. And this looks different. In the morning, you know, you may be, uh, you know, wake up and maybe your husband asks you to make something for him. And you're, and you're like, I don't want to make you copy. Do it yourself. Okay, like, <laughs> you're, All right, so you're, like, sliding back to this end. But then maybe later in the day, you know, you call and you do something very kind. And then you're back to the side of, of trusting God to tr- put someone else ahead of you. So then that's on this other side is where it's just trusting God. So this, again, this uh, continuum works this way in every single decision throughout the day that you can make one decision. Five minutes later, you can be on this side where you're not thinking, and then you can make the wrong choice, and then you can make the right choice. And then this is also the pattern for your whole life, where we don't want to be over here where we don't think out of all about God, but we want to move to, okay, like, we're thinking about it. I read my Bible this morning, and I, I'm beginning to think through the scenario and now help me make the right decision. So this is a continuum for just every single day and then also the pattern of your life. So this continuum works in both ways where it's even better than yes or no because there's so many decisions throughout your life that happen every single moment and within seconds of each other that to just say, yes, I trust God or no, I don't trust God. Man, that's a real difficult and probably too simplistic way to think about it.
0: So we thought it might be good to go through a few examples of what it might look like along this continuum. And we think that there are three questions that we can be asking ourselves. In these situations what is it that I'm actually thinking because <laughs> what I think tends to drive what I do um, what, what am I wanting to have happen and and what what am I typically doing and as we analyze these questions we can kind of figure out where we need to make some adjustments to make the pattern more the right end of the of the continuum so let's take an example of a married couple and the um, opportunity comes up to relocate husband has a great job opportunity in another another city and he feels like it would be great for their family it's a good school district there's this great church so lots of good things that he feels would come from this um wife on the other hand thinks it's a terrible decision thinks it would be terrible for their family it would disrupt their kids in school and so she's got lots of good legitimate reasons why i think she thinks that is a terrible decision and so, you know, in this situation, if you're the husband, what are you thinking and wanting and what would you typically do? Well, you could, you know, as you move along the spectrum, not even think about God and just say, hey, I'm the breadwinner. We're going. I think this is a good decision. Or you could say, you know, I know I'm supposed to love my wife sacrificially and, and you know, maybe consider more of what she's saying, but I just, I really feel strongly that this is right for us. I'm just, I'm just not going to. I'm not going to really take her thoughts into consideration or maybe at the other end you're like you know maybe she's thinking of some things that i haven't thought of maybe i need to trust her instincts a little bit more she maybe she's got better instincts with our family than i do and maybe i need to question my own motives like i'm saying it's good for the family but maybe it's really just better for me and if you're the wife you might be saying He's going to take me kicking and screaming. This is not a good move for our family, and and I don't want to go. Our fam, our you know, support system is here, and there's lots of good reasons to stay. Or maybe it's you know, I know I should. Um, so this is a whole nother breakout, right? I know I should submit to him and everything, <laughs> um, but this I just I just can't in this one. Or maybe you get to the end and you say, you know, Lord, I know that. In, in trusting my husband as the leader of our family, I'm ultimately trusting you. So I'm going to trust you in this. And if he thinks this is a good move for our family, I'm going to go for it. So you've got now the husband coming around and saying, hey, we're not going to go. If you really feel that, you know, I'm going I'm to listen to you and her saying, oh, no, we should go because now I'm going to, I'm, I'm trusting you and, you know, you're back to square one again. But at least you're both trusting God through the process. And the point is the end answer is not the point. It's the process of how you got there. Were you trusting God through that process? And were you trusting His ways and obeying His ways? Um, And something that might be even, you know, something smaller. Say you have, um, you know, a moment where, and I'm sure this never happens to you, but maybe you have a family member, a sister, a brother, a spouse, a mother, father, who says something really hurtful to you. And you're like, really? Well, you know, you can have this back. Um, But if you're trusting God in that moment, I might say, you know what, Lord, I don't like what they said or the way they said it. But maybe there's something here that you're trying to show me. And you, you do tell me that I need to live at peace with other people as far as I can. To re- repay evil with good. So I'm going to trust you and do respond to this your way, not the way that I think it needs to be handled.
1: And leave the results up to and God. leave the indeed. results
0: to God, absolutely.
1: Another way that comes into it is work. Um, maybe you're up for promotion and you're thinking, okay, this is something... That I wanted. And so all of a sudden the day comes for the promotion and it's announced like your name's not on the board, you didn't get the job. Uh, You probably go through your mind of what are you thinking? Uh, You know, you're probably thinking, my boss is a jerk, my boss hates me. Uh, you know, you're probably thinking of things like I'm going to slash his tires, I'm going to shoot the stapler gun at him. I mean, you're trying to think of all these things that I don't ever think about when things well, happen for me. But yeah. maybe you do. The time had it. That's why I'm in
0: a different building than Mike.
1: Yeah. So these are all things that are going through your mind. It's throwing pens at people. These are all things that you're thinking. And so, you know, what, you know, why do you want to, those things to happen? Because you think like, okay, like I, you know, wanted a new office. I wanted a corner office. I wanted a new parking spot. Um, you know, I wanted the respect, I wanted greater responsibility I wanted more money So because of that, like you wanted those things You wanted that position of respect, that level And so when you're grasping after those things It's easy to forget that God is in control of the situation That he has you where he wants you And that instead of, him say, instead of you depending on God To say, okay, maybe this isn't where you have me right now By you jumping the gun and attacking your boss with a stapler You end up on the news, you end up in prison You lose your job, all the bad things happen so if you typically do that, instead of trusting God and say, God, you're in control, and I'm depending on you, and I'm going to submit to my boss, and I can go in and ask, hey, what are the reasons I didn't get this job, and what can I do to be considered next time? And then you can still have your job, and then you can get the promotion the next time. Uh, and then the end results are you depending on God and trusting in him to say, hey, God, I don't know the whys, but I know what I should do, and I depend on you for the outcomes, because you have the best interest in mind for me.
0: So let's use a community group example and this I'm sure again doesn't happen in your groups. This has happened in my group though, where you have that one person who every time you ask for prayer requests, they're like, oh, no, nope, I'm fine Good got nothing or their prayer request might be for their dog or for a neighbor But it's never about them. It's never personal and you you feel like We're supposed to be doing life together. Like, why won't you open up and let us, you know, help you? And and there's got to be something going on that you're struggling with. And, you know, you can start off being a little patient, and then frustration can grow because, as we heard this morning and we heard a little while ago, you kind of feel responsible as a community group leader that if people aren't opening up, then, you know, they're not playing the game the way they're supposed to. (laughs) And really... What we need to remember, first of all, is that as community group leaders, our responsibility is really just to create the environment. God causes the growth. And I'm going to trust God that he's going to cause the growth in that person's life in his time and in his way with me or without me. And so if I'm going to trust God in that situation, I do need to be examining, am I, am I making it a safe place to share? Am I, am I modeling it myself by being open? But then I just need to be praying for that person. And then leaving it in God's hands and not stressing about it, which is again, if I'm stressed out, that's a sign I might not be trusting God. And leave it in God's hands and just just love on them.
1: Right. Another thing that comes up in community group, you know, we all love to confront people when they sin, right? <laughs> like this is our favorite thing to do, our top thing. You know, provide accountability. We all love chasing people down who are sinning. Um, <laughs> This is one of my top five favorite things, Nancy. I don't know about it. I'll never be in your group. As someone who hates confrontation, this is my least favorite thing. When someone brings something up and it's like, oh, I don't want to talk about this. And so what do I think? I think like, man, where can I go to the group next week even though I'm the group leader? And like, I want to leave my group and I want to run away. So that's my typical reactions of the other thing. So this is me not thinking about when somebody brings something up in group. But when I think, man, I have to trust in God is to think, man, I have to bear each other's burdens and I need to help someone take the step or I have to remove that small piece out of my eye in order to help my friend with the speck as well. So like when we do those things and confront them and and examine ourselves and trust in God to think like, no, I'm called to help that person take their next step in faith to encourage them toward godliness. Then, yeah, I have to trust in God to say they're going to hate me. You know, it may make things really tough for a short period of time, but ultimately my job is to obey God and trust him for the outcome.
0: Love them enough to trust God.
1: Yeah, push through the messy. <laughs>
0: yeah. um, so, how do we go about making the pattern of our life more on the trusting God end? We are going to do questions at the end. Okay. Can you can you hold it? Yep. We might because we might answer it.
2: We might answer
0: it or, or, not. Answer it, or not, but. <laughs> <laughs> So what we wanna do is say, how do we make it a pattern that we're more at the right end of trusting God more consistently? And we've got um, a couple of things that Mike and I will go through. The first one is a more of a daily strategy, or you might even call it a moment by moment strategy. And these are several things that we need to remember every day. And the first one is God's attitude towards you. And these are just a few things, but just highlighting a handful of things that we need to remember. And the first is that God loves us sacrificially. Jesus sacrificed his, love, his life for us. Um, enough said on that one. God wants to meet your needs. In Matthew uh, 6, 25 through 34, he, you know, we learn that he knows what we need. So we don't need to go chasing after the things that we think that we need. So he wants to give us the things that we need. Versus a want... There's always a distinction between needs and wants. Um, God is incredibly patient with us. Um, in 1 Timothy, Paul talks about how patient God has been with him because he wants him to come to repentance. So God is incredibly patient with us. And he withholds nothing good. We talked about that a little bit before, but in Psalm 8411, we learn that He he says he withholds nothing good from us. And sometimes that's like, Really? Because this thing feels really hard. This thing doesn't feel good. But he's using it for a purpose that we talked about earlier. The second thing we need to remember is God's goal for our life is to become more like Jesus. We talked about this uh, a little bit before. But I think when we remember in every situation, God says he uses every situation, not some of them, not the majority of them, not half of them, but every one to make us more like Christ. And so in that moment of fear or worry or frustration or anger, to remember, okay, God's using this to make me more like Christ, will help us to have a different focus and help us to learn to be trusting him more. So that passage we talked about before. And then third is the purpose for trials is growth. James uh, 1, 2 through 4 says, Consider it pure joy. Pure joy. I'm I'm not even at joy yet. So I'm working on joy, not yet to pure joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance and let perseverance finish its work, so that you may be mature and complete, lacking nothing, also known as being like Jesus, who was mature and complete and lacking in nothing. So again, we know that we can trust God in these trials and difficulties because he is using it to do something good for us.
1: And I think one of the things we talked about not thinking over here, the reason that this is so easy is because this is natural. right? This is what every single one of us do without, literally without thinking. This is our natural response. And then trusting God over here on this side is really supernatural. This isn't like Superman, but this is us depending on God to will and work in our life. And the way that God wills and works in our life in order to want what he wants is through studying the Bible. And so that's the lifelong strategy is to study your Bible. Because of those questions about the think, you know, what do you think, normally think, you know, spell what do you want, and then what do you do? When we take God's word and we begin to go from being natural and filtering our decisions through that, we begin to have the opportunity of obeying God. And this is where that life application makes a difference. It's not just knowing. This is a great spot. This is where you can be if you just know something is true. But the application that comes through community commitment in your own life is where you're actually beginning to trust or you're applying the Bible to your life on an every single day basis. That you're asking God to motivate you and empower you to do what he wants you to do to trust in him. You have this supernatural ability to depend on God from the strength that he gives us. And so this is a lifelong strategy because it takes time and effort. And again, you can do this every single day and you can get better at that. But you don't become proficient in those skills until you really work out those muscles for year after year after year. And almost the habits that we begin to do so easily by default naturally can be something that we begin to do supernaturally. And the reason you wrote down someone at the beginning is because you know them. And then you have experienced their trustworthiness. And not really the only way, but the best way that we can know God is to hear what he has to say through the Bible. And so when we filter our decisions and our experiences through his trustworthy uh, story about himself, we're able to do what he wants us to do. And that idea of studying your Bible, it sounds so simple. You've probably heard it thousands of times. The longer you've been in church, the more you've heard, read your Bible, read your Bible. And you may have tried it. You may have been like, I've tried everything. Listen, I've read through the Bible, you know, a hundred times. Every year, I start at the beginning and go through the whole thing. You know, I try to read with friends. And so this has more of the idea instead of just reading the Bible, and maybe it's taking just a couple more minutes, and instead of just reading, maybe it's... You know, looking up a definition of a word that you don't understand. You know, maybe it's uh, even hopping in a a concordance where it's like, wow, man, I'm struggling with peace or I'm struggling with trust. Where can I find in the Bible all the places it talks about trusting God and to read those verses and to just begin to meditate? I know one thing my wife does really well on is she's really good at listening to God's spirit in her and to hear the conviction. And then she writes verses out all over our house. There's three by five cards everywhere where she constantly keeps God's word in front of her, how she can obey God in the moment. And that's not easy, but man, people who think and meditate and su- and decipher what God is saying through His Word uh, are more likely people who are trusting God instead of those who are just like, okay, I, you know, man, I read Genesis 1 again today, so next year when I start my new Bible pattern again, after I get off the horse, you know, I'll read Genesis 1 again next year. Uh, it's not just about reading, but it's about taking time to study God's Word and to work at it. Because we passively take in all the lies and half-truths of the one who rules the world. And, and like we said at the beginning, life is a spiritual warfare. So we have to fight to keep the truth in front of us. And the best way to do that is to invest time with God's Word. And so the Word of God makes us more like Jesus every day in every way. And when we find out who God is, we're able to trust Him more. And so the Bible is one of the best ways in order to know God more, for us to trust him and do what he wants us to do.
0: That's good. Yeah, just kind of slowing down. I found just slowing down and not rushing through and trying to read as many words as I can in the morning, but to try to soak in as much as I can. So it's good. So um, in closing, we hope that we have um, gotten you to wrestle a little bit with your... Um, consistency in trusting God. We hope that we've um, given you some thought-provoking questions um, to take away and, and think about. Um, there is one resource that was a really good resource for us in this, and it's trusting God by Jerry Bridges. Um, if you haven't read it, it's a really really good book. The cover might. There's been like 15 different covers we discovered. I so think
1: like four of us on set all pulled out like a different version. Yeah. So. We
0: have to. so it might not look like this anymore. Yeah.
1: It is a very hard read, so make sure you have like a dictionary. Yes, which will go right next to the dictionary that goes with your Bible. There's so actually, no.
0: you know, I have a dictionary app on my phone that I'm constantly bringing up. It just makes it easier. I have it, and I, it's a hard read, but yeah. it's a good
1: book. Yes. Yeah, this is the kind of book that you would probably want to read a chapter a day. You know, just work your way through it. So use it almost like a devotional instead of, all right, I'm going to sit down and plow through 200 pages. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, so with that... Questions. I know we had at least one question. We've got a couple minutes for questions.
2: Yeah. Okay. So I think sometimes you know we as human beings have a little bit of difficulty relating um, eternity with the here and now. You know. So you know it's one thing to say you know you trust God in the big things you trust God with eternity, but realistically you haven't experienced that yet. hmm all right, you haven't passed away, and come back and told us, I've lived forever and it was cool, okay. <laughs> so, when when you talk about the inconsistent for the two primary reasons, one of the reasons that you didn't mention is a lot of times we rely on past experience. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay? And when you're listening to your experience, sometimes it's hard to relate that with, what we're hearing um, about God being good and wanting the best for us. Mm-hmm. And in our particular community group, in the last year or so we've had two people pass away from cancer. Mm-hmm. And we prayed for them, mm-hmm. and they didn't get cured, you know? Right. So, you know, sometimes when, when a lot of your experience is negative, and I, I realize that's, you know, a subjective of trying you, you know, look at negative as being dying, but on the positive side, right. obviously you're going to heaven. Right. It still is a hard hard thing to encourage the people in your group sometimes when you
1: know bad stuff happens to good people and mm-hmm. it's, it's hard to work through that sometimes. And, and I think that's, you know, Nancy mentioned um, the CJ Mahaney quote where it's better to preach to yourself instead of listening to yourself, where Oftentimes we have to bring our expectations of God to him and submit those to him and trust him and that's where the hard part is where we have to say like, you know, God, we know that people die and we wanted you to do this in the scenario. We wanted to see someone healed and someone brought back to full health, but you had other plans. So that's the difference of where it's hard to trust God when we are using our expectations as a judge instead of the word of God as the judge. So it's important to bring people back to passages that remind them. That blessed is the death of those who love God. And yes, it's very difficult for us, but God cherishes those that have died to have them with him. So those are certainly hard, and it's hard to manage those expectations, but just encouraging people that, hey, we want them to get better, and that's not God's plan, and ultimately God's plan, we may not understand it, but it is for our good and for God's glory. So, And that makes things messy, too. That's not like a, oh, okay, there's your answer. Like, oh, be happy with that. Yeah. Um, but that's tough for people to wrestle through, and sometimes it takes people's entire lives.
0: Other questions
1: I told you you'd answer all the questions <laughs> well
0: so um, I guess one closing quote to leave you with that we uh, came across in the past couple weeks um, whoops is um, mm-hmm. Worry is glancing at God while gazing at circumstances, and trust is glancing at our circumstances while gazing at God. Um, and maybe some of you may not recognize who this is, but this is Emily Whiting. Um, she is the, son, the, son, the daughter of David Whiting, who was pastor here before Drew. I don't know how long all of you have been here. Um, going through a really, 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 really nasty cancer that we want her healed from. Um, and I was talking to her sister the other day, and she says, Nancy, she is so joyful. And we didn't know what, with this cancer which way she would go, and she is just so joyful. And so we just thought this was a, an appropriate way to, to close this with a young woman who's going through something that's probably going to be the most difficult thing in her life, and she's trusting God through it. It's probably the one thing that's keeping her smiling. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. On that note, I think we're done, and
1: you yeah. can go for ice cream. Let's close let's in prayer, and then we'll, uh, we'll send everyone Sounds away. Good. Yeah. God, thank you for this night. Uh, just thank you for each of those that are in this room. Um, it's hard to trust you, and we acknowledge it, the, even Nancy and I on the stage. We're not here because we're experts at trusting you or that we're the best people on staff or in our church at doing that, but uh, we want to. We want to be people who depend on you and lean on your word in order to help us Um, remember that you love us, that you care for us, that you are all powerful, that you um, sacrifice everything for us, and that we can trust you because you don't change. So help each of us in this room to remember that you do love us and that you do care for us and that we can depend on you, even when we can't see the end results, that you have our best interests at heart. So help us to go first and depend on you so that we can point those who we lead in our groups toward you as well, experiencing the same trust that that we also experience. So God, help us to lead um, independence on you throughout this trimester. In your name we pray, Amen. amen.